0: Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff.
1: And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about why quitting smoking is good for your mental health, too, and why it's possible to practice too much. We'll also answer a listener question about how to get people to believe science with some help from a special guest, Bill Nye.
0: Let's satisfy some curiosity.
1: We all know that smoking is bad for your physical health. It's the world's number one cause of preventable illness and death, and half of smokers will die of a smoking-related disease unless they quit. But that's not all. Scientists have also discovered quitting smoking improves mental health, and the benefits can be felt in a matter of weeks. That might be surprising, since smoking is commonly used as a stress reliever. Nicotine is the addictive chemical in cigarettes, and it races to the brain within 10 seconds and stimulates the release of dopamine, a pleasure hormone. So at first, smoking does give people an immediate sense of relaxation. But it doesn't actually address the underlying causes for people's anxiety. And regular nicotine use changes the brain, so smokers need more and more of the chemical to feel good. And when they don't get enough, they get withdrawal symptoms like depression and anxiety, which can be reduced with more nicotine. So while it may seem like a cigarette provides an instant mood boost, it actually makes smokers feel worse over time. Many smokers are reluctant to quit because they're concerned it would worsen their mental health. And because smoking is often a social activity, some are also afraid they'd lose friends if they quit. It's no wonder, then, that 27% fewer people tried to quit smoking during 2020, or that pandemic stress and isolation drove cigarette sales up. But researchers at the University of Bath found that these mental health fears are unfounded. And the opposite is actually true. They performed a Cochrane review—that's the international gold standard when it comes to research reviews— and used evidence for more than 100 studies involving nearly 170,000 participants. They combined the results of 73 studies that measured changes in ex-smokers' mental health after quitting, including whether they developed a diagnosed disorder. People who stopped smoking for at least six weeks experienced less anxiety, depression, and stress than those who continued. They also reported feeling more positive emotions and better psychological well-being overall. And what about friendships? Well, there were no signs that ex-smokers' friends ditched them after quitting. Just like with the mental benefits, some found that their social well-being improved too. So hopefully these findings will help smokers breathe easier when it comes to quitting. Withdrawal symptoms last a few weeks, but better health and happiness are on the other side. Practice
0: makes perfect, right? But how much practice is the right amount? according to research from Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine, if you practice a physical task to the point of exhaustion, you're practicing too much. That kind of practice can actually make you worse. The 2019 study could have looked at any task—tennis, guitar playing, blackjack dealing— but they kept it simple. They went with pinching. They gave each participant a device that measured force— think a carnival grip test, but portable, and they asked them to pinch it between their thumb and forefinger. Then the participants practiced varying the intensity of their pinch to move a cursor across a screen. One group practiced past the point of muscle fatigue, where their maximum grip on the device started weakening, and another group stopped just before that point. Sure enough, People who practiced to exhaustion mastered the pinching task more slowly than those who didn't. And that's even after a second day of practice where they didn't practice to exhaustion. The fatigued group had to train for two extra days to catch up to their less practiced peers. Even more amazing, when both groups were asked to learn the same task with the other hand, the hand they hadn't practiced with, the fatigued group was still worse off than the other group. That shows that this wasn't due to fatigue damaging their pinching muscles. Instead, it went all the way to their brains. When researchers used magnetic fields on the fatigued participants to disrupt their primary motor cortex, that's the brain region responsible for learning new motor skills, they learned faster than they did when their motor cortices were working normally. In other words, muscle fatigue seemed to impact the brain's ability to learn. Interestingly, though, when it came to cognitive tasks, like pressing 10 computer keys in order, overpracticing was less damaging. This study did have some limitations. For one, it only spanned a few days, so it didn't capture any long-term effects. And some physical activities, like basketball, for instance, require a mix of physical prowess and strategic thinking. So it's not clear how overpracticing might affect those. But it's definitely worth thinking twice before you push yourself to the limit. Not just because you might hurt yourself, but because it might make you worse in the long run.
1: We got a listener question from Michelle in Los Angeles, but it's not actually for us. It's for Bill Nye. Because somebody mentioned on social media that we were going to interview him.
0: Dude, I've been so social media obsessed lately. It's bad. I've been spending more time on Twitter than Reddit. I'm on Clubhouse of all places. I got this new social video app called Hi Ho. I'm like super addicted to it. I'm just, so Ashley, get me off my phone. Make it stop.
1: I mean, we're still in a pandemic. I'm not going to blame you for any of this.
0: <laughs> okay, that's fair. Well, anyway, yeah, I let it come out that we were going to talk to Bill Nye and we got this question. Even though it only came from me spiraling out of control, Ashley, spiraling out of control.
1: (laughs) All right. Anyway, here's the question. My question for Bill Nye is really this. We are all debating about science and facts right now. And it's hard to get everyone to agree on the same approach around COVID and the vaccine and mask wearing. So... How does he get people to use science and data and analysis as a common language to be able to approach problems and solve them together? Great question, Michelle. Well, Bill Nye has been helping people understand science for decades. So we passed along your question to find out how he gets people to come around and trust the research.
2: Well, keep in mind, you uh, you're not it's really hard to change somebody's mind in one sitting. Now, of course, the Curiosity Podcast changes, I guess, millions of minds every day. <laughs> I know, but for the rest of us, you got to I believe we have to accept that somebody doesn't change his or her mind the first time they hear about it. If I say raised and living with women and girls, they go, come on, that doesn't matter. Equal rights amendment doesn't matter. Come on. No, no, you think about it. It takes somebody a couple years to let go of that view. You have to present the argument a couple times, a few times over the course of years, and then it sits in the back of their mind, and they turn it over, and they often or sometimes they'll change their minds, and that's good. And so I believe in the zeitgeist, in the great spirit among us, climate change is now mainstream, whereas at the first Earth Day, it was uh, this uh, just nascent idea, barely veiled, nobody was really thinking about it. But as the decades have gone on and the evidence has mounted up and as some of the uh, contrarians have aged out, a.k.a. died, uh, things are changing. And so climate policy is becoming – we have a climate envoy to the world now. And um, that's of great value. So the world is changing, and the sooner the better with respect to climate change. So I guess what I'm saying is it takes time, but I strongly believe you have to stick with it. And I am very optimistic about the future, you all, because young people are going to be running the show pretty soon. The contrarians and climate denialists are going to disappear or become less influential, and things are going to change. You guys aren't going to put up with this stuff. You're going to have clean energy and and clean water and access to the Internet, you're going to get her done.
1: Yeah, we've got we've to have that to keep our hope alive with all the stuff. Well,
2: I'm really optimistic, man. The future is going to be bright if we just get on it. And things are changing, you know, things are changing. Young people are taking over. And uh, everybody vote. Please vote.
1: So remember, repetition is effective. And that's coming straight from Bill Nye, the science guy. You can find links to pick up his latest book and listen to his podcast, Science Rules, in today's show notes. Ashley, what are we going to learn about next week on Curiosity Daily? (laughs) Next week, you'll learn about why narcissism may actually be driven by insecurity. Surprise, surprise. The moon's comet-like tail that collides with Earth once a month. A five-step process for finding work-life balance. The origin of treadmills as torture devices and more. Okay, so now let's recap what we learned today.
0: We learned that quitting smoking won't just help you live longer, it'll improve your mental health too, like pretty fast. And not only that, but research shows that social well-being can also improve after people quit smoking. So, you know, don't worry too much about losing out on friendships just because you quit.
1: And we learned that it's possible to practice too much because muscle fatigue can impact your brain's ability to learn. Researchers don't know how over-practicing affects every task, like cognitive tasks, but if you feel like you're plateauing and you're having a hard time getting better at something, then maybe ease up a bit. It might help. This totally rings true from music school. You know, practicing four or five hours a day and getting really tired, just so, so fatigued and my hands would hurt. And it's hard to say how that affected me because i I didn't not do it, right? Like, that was what I did. I didn't, either I practiced that much or I didn't practice enough. That's kind of how it felt. So it was hard to tell whether the over-practicing was the thing that made me miss a note later or whether the under-practicing did. But it is looking like maybe teachers need to encourage their students to back off a bit. Don't go until you're completely destroyed. Yes, exactly.
0: We also learned that it's hard to change people's minds. But according to Bill Nye, repetition is effective. It might take someone a couple of years to let go of one of their views. So don't be discouraged if you don't see results right away, because things are changing.
1: My favorite example of this was a friend I had in college who was doing these alternative medicine treatments that I was really worried about. You know, I had I had looked into them and they were Very possibly hurting her. And I was trying to show her how to look at evidence and and find out that these scientific claims that the clinics were making were not real. And she absolutely we would get in huge arguments. We were very good friends. So we stayed friends through this, but we would get in huge arguments about this and I could never convince her. And then years later. She calls me up and she says, you know, my, my brother's doing these treatments and I'm really worried about him because they're really harmful and they're not based in science. And she had changed her mind over those years and I never saw it happen. But I have to imagine that I planted a seed. You are going to see someone change their mind, but you can help move them toward that goal. Yeah, that's a good story. Thanks. It's kind of yeah. it's kind of the reason that I got into science in the first place. Really? Yeah, it's it's. It's my superhero story.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hear that, Hollywood? (laughs) When is the Ashley origin story Discovery Plus special? Today's stories were written by Steffi Drucker and May Rice and edited by Ashley Hamer, who's the managing editor for Curiosity Daily.
1: Script writing was by Cody Goff and Sonia Hodgen. Today's episode was produced and edited by Cody Goff. Have a great weekend. And remember, repetition is effective.
0: Repetition is effective. Repetition is effective. Repetition is effective.
1: Repetition All right, repeti- <laughs> Cody. It loses its effectiveness.
0: I was wondering how long it would take you. As for you, listener, join us again Monday to learn something new in just a few minutes.
1: And until then, stay curious.